Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement, so you don't have to, and this space is where I dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. So this week we're talking about uh, stress and I see so many issues in my clinic where we're talking about stiff shoulders, I see a lot of frozen shoulders, uh, tension headaches, migraines, eye problems, um, teeth grinding, all of this stuff that's in in the upper part of our body. Shoulder pain is probably one of the most horrid pains because you just don't feel like you can get away from it and you know we can roll our shoulders and try to release the tension but it's quite difficult to to get away from and we go for massages and we have you know manipulations on our neck vertebrae all in this attempt to get ourselves out of this pain or just you know discomfort And it can, you know, neck pain, shoulder pain ranges from that mild discomfort where our neck just feels a little bit stiff and a little bit tight all the way down to, as I say, frozen shoulders where a range of movement in our arm has been seriously impacted. So what do we do about this? So I put some stuff into the search engine to have a look at some stats on this stuff. And uh, something that came up on the, the... Um, search engine for me was you're under a lot of stress and that made me think you know you're under a lot of stress that doesn't help me when I'm stressed it doesn't help me to to become unstressed or to relieve my stress if I know that I'm stressed and I feel that I'm stressed and I'm told that I'm stressed but what do I actually do about that and then the statement underneath that is stress can make migraine headaches worse by increasing certain chemicals in the brain that are released during the fight or flight moments. And again, lots of information in there. But what is fight and flight? What's it for? What does it do? And if I've got one, what do I do with it? So I wanted to just get into that in this session today. What is fight and flight? Well, straight off the bat, because people talk about this a lot, you know, fight and flight syndrome, um, fight and flight response, and it's a, it's embedded into our nervous system. It is a response. It's a response that's designed to keep us safe. It's designed so that we take in a massive amount of information about the given situation, and we make a decision on whether to run away, whether to fight it, or whether to hide based on the information that we've gathered. And the best way to describe that is if I'm looking far away up at the top of a hill and I can see somebody coming over the top of the hill, I need to really zoom in with my eyes. It's called sharp focus and I need to zoom in and I need to know whether that's my friend and for me, they're bringing cake and maybe some presents and some tea um, and they're coming to see me or whether that's somebody coming over the hill and they're going to come and burn my village to the ground. So this is old, old stuff. This is, you know, stuff that was hardwired into us, um, part of our evolution. So we're going back through 
to the beginning of, of humans when we started to colonise ourselves and we needed to keep ourselves safe. The fight and flight response, that gathering of information, another example of that would be, you know, something's rustling around in the bushes next to me and I need to zoom in really quickly because it may be my dinner, which is a survival instinct, or I might be its dinner, in which case I'm going to need to run really fast. So it's always this old hardwiring in the nervous system for to keep us safe. Is that my friend? Can I relax? Is that not my friend? In which case I'm going to need to take appropriate action. But what's happened in our modern world now is that same response happens with an email. Same response happens when we are driving. Same response happens when we're looking at our phones. Same response happens when we're looking at the TV. So there's lots of different component parts to this, but the part that we're particularly, or I'm particularly interested in, is the physical response. And that's something that I call sharp focus and fuzzy focus. So when we're in sharp focus, we're taking in lots of information all at the same time. So in driving, for example, that is reading road signs, looking at other road users, looking at, you know, the kids scooting along the path next to me, um, you know, being mindful that something might jump out in front of me if I'm driving in a wooded area, all of those things. So I'm taking in lots and lots of information. When I'm looking at a screen, it's the same thing. I'm generally looking at quite small writing if it's an email and I'm taking in lots of information. If that's an angry email or if I'm scrolling social media and I'm seeing images that are affronting, that sets off an emotional response within my body and a chemical response within my body. But on a physical level, that sharp focus, the eyes in the front of the head, it brings the eyes forwards. And this is micromillimeters, but the eyes come forwards out of their sockets and the head will follow. The head will follow. So as the head goes forwards, then we've got tension because your head is the same weight as a bowling ball. As soon as it's out of the gravity line, then, and we'll talk about gravity lines at some point, but as soon as your head comes forward, it's forward of your spine and it's out of the plumb line that runs down through the center of your body. So with that in mind, muscles on the back of your body now have to engage to hold the heavy weight because gravity will take it straight down towards the floor. And they are the muscles on the back of the neck, the muscles on the shoulders, and the muscles that run all the way down your back into the back of your pelvis. So to feel this for yourself, and that's what I want to do in all these sessions, I want you to feel this for yourself. Just stick up your thumbs and then take your thumbs out in front of you. So your arms are long and your thumbs are out in front of you as far as they will go. And I just want you to have your thumbs out in front of you And just look at your thumbs and then start to take in information about your thumbs. Notice the creases in the skin. Notice the colour of the nail. Notice if there's striations in the nail or there's variations to the colours of the nail. Notice the skin. Are you a nail biter or are you looking at your thumb thinking, oh, it's painted beautifully? And just taking in as much information as you can about your thumbs. And as you get into that, you'll see the subtle nuances of the skin. And 
the more information you, you take in, the further forward your head will go. So we could stay here all day just looking at the thumbs, but hopefully you can feel that the eyes are on the shift, the head is on the shift, and you can notice that there is something happening in your shoulders. And this is sharp focus, massive amounts of information, then we can make a decision. So how do we switch this off? Well, we switch it off by going into what we call fuzzy focus. So if you keep your thumbs out in front of you and take your gaze past your thumbs, so your thumbs go fuzzy, and then we're just going to very slowly take your thumb out to either side of your body. So you're just taking your arms outwards really, really slowly, and you're aiming for 90 degrees. So that's your arm in line with your shoulder out to each side of your body. So you might not get all the way to 90 degrees, but just notice as we get out to that where we're really challenging the peripheral vision, notice that now your eyes have to go back into the back of your head, your jaw will have to go back, your head will have to go back. Maybe the shoulders start to drop. And the more you challenge yourself to get to that 90 degrees, notice the responses in your neck and your shoulders. Maybe your ribs have to lift. Maybe your pelvis or your hips shift. Maybe the pelvis rolls forward slightly. Maybe you have to start sitting up a little bit straighter. Maybe you've just noticed you were a bit slouchy. You can do this sitting at your desk. You can do this sitting in the car. I always do this when I arrive uh, with uh, my family live quite a long distance away from me. Um, it's 200 miles. By the time I get there, I'm almost kissing the windscreen. So the first thing I do when I pull up the car is I just take a couple of moments just to bring the thumbs into my vision and then take them out to that peripheral vision. So hopefully you can feel that. And then just, if you haven't already, just drop your thumbs down, drop your hands down to the sides of your body and just notice the positioning of your head. And just notice how that feels. Now, you might feel that your head is actually out of the gravity line in the other direction, is going backwards towards the wall behind you. But it's just interesting to notice how that feels. Now, on a chemical level, and an emotional level, this puts us into parasympathetic, which is relaxation mode. This is, I'm in a safe space, I'm surrounded by people who love me. If you're anything like me, I've got cake. Um, you know, I'm safe, I'm nurtured, I'm nourished, I'm looked after, I can relax. And that's relaxation on a physical level, which is your body level, relaxation on a chemical level, the switches off your adrenaline, your cortisol. It just takes everything down a notch. It's a really powerful tool. Um, and if you need a, a visual aid, if you're not so much a, an, an aural learner, um, you can pop over onto the YouTube channel. I think it's on there. And you can just do this, you know, whenever you have your coffee at work, or as I say, whenever you've been for a long distance drive, or you know that you've been in a state where your head is being drawn forwards and you just want to put everything back, or you're feeling a bit stressed. It's a great de-stressing tool. So hopefully that's touched on you know, what the fight and flight response is. And I will, in a session, get into... Um, 
the the muscles the associated muscles of fight and flight because actually that's it's not just a a head and neck response it's a body wide response um that that requires muscles that that run from the top of your head to the bottom of your body so thinking about how can i bring my head back into the gravity line as i say it's a really potent tool for um bringing yourself out of the stress response and getting yourself back into that nice relaxed state and you can just continue on with your day. So hopefully that's been useful. Thank you so much for joining me again. Um, We're here weekly. Uh, Please give us a like and a review so that we don't get sent off into the podcast ether and I will check in with you again next time. Take care.